Welcome to our next in a series of Making Learning Visible podcast shorts, a window into the world of learning and teaching at Renbrook. My name is Betsy Flynn, recording this from home, along with my co-host, Dave Blodgett, recording from his home. Dave, how are you doing? Hanging in there, Betsy. (laughs) Before we get started, I wanted to share with you excerpts from a recent blog post by educational thought leader, Will Richardson. He says, the situation educators found themselves in as schools were shut down reminded him of a pivotal scene in Apollo 13 after the astronauts had to abandon their trip to the moon due to an explosion on board. Engineers in Houston had to deal with the unexpected crisis by figuring out how to design a makeshift air filter for the astronauts to use um, by using materials that they had access to. The mission commander said to them, I suggest you gentlemen figure out how to put a square peg in a round hole rapidly. Will goes on to say, that's in essence what schools around the world have been trying to do these past weeks thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, the very rapid transition from school buildings and classrooms to Zoom rooms and Google Docs over a period of just days has posed what may be the most complex problem-solving moment ever in education. Dave, our teachers have risen to the occasion in an amazing way, putting a square peg in a round hole rapidly. Yeah, well, that's that gives one pause. It's uh, it's true. We're we're building the canoe as we're floating down the river in it here. Sometimes it feels like, um, but that said, it's it has been amazing to watch and to participate in. There's been some really neat stuff coming out of. Uh, all the professional development that people have been doing uh, rapidly and and sharing really good ideas and that's that's really what we're trying to do with this podcast it's an it's another way to um, talk about the upside of what's been happening and maybe sharing some thoughts about what works um, so so we've been ambushing people left and right here asking them to join us and and talk about some of that as they're going through their busy days. So um, so we have Melissa Tanu and Natina Charia here who are world language teachers in the upper school. And we wanted to get their thoughts. Uh, this, is a, this is a time where communication can be really challenging with the tools that we've got. And yet that's what you traffic in all the time. Um, tell us some of the highlights. Hello everybody. Um, so, for me, my first aha moment is actually to understand that it's possible <laughs> because, um, you know, we all like went into vacation and we knew that there was a possibility, but to be honest, I was not at all um, thinking that it's really going to happen. Um, but um, I feel like I'm actually really happy and proud that pretty quickly I, I feel like I, I understood where where to start with and i i really i'm so grateful for all the tools that we have now i mean i love zoom i love loom um and that's how i do my classes um i use a lot zoom and i feel i personally really like it i feel it's a good tool i really like to see all the faces i make it mandatory to have a, a camera on because i really like to see the students reactions and it's pretty surprising how you can also tell if a student is in class or not um, it's a really good tool and it, they also, there are like really fun things you can do with, I use it a lot in advisory to do, um, scribble or, um, uh, whiteboard activities that the students really enjoy. So that was my aha moment. Um, 
knowing which um, things to use and that it's really possible to do it. Um, a lot of highlights also just by seeing the students engaged and happy to, to be there. I mean, I feel I have to do a lot in the advisory because it's a tiny group. So students are just happy to see each other and just to talk. Um, sometimes I also give, um, in, a, in my class, I give them a minute to talk to each other at the beginning of the class. And I feel that the students really love that. Um, so still being connected and have the feeling to be, not to be alone, even if you're alone in your home, but still, you know, being connected to each other. It's really nice. That's great. How about you, Nutin? Yes, um, some of the highlights. It's it's been it's been really interesting seeing how students who are more introverted in class on campus have actually been drawn out of their shell with distance learning. I have I even have uh, I, I, there have been a few a few students who have actually spoken up more. Um, than ever before, which has been great to see. Um, and a majority of the students have been engaged and I felt like my classes have gotten closer as little communities. So I don't know, there's a sort of, uh, there's a little kind of an intimacy in that virtual environment, which is kind of neat. That's definitely been a highlight for me. Um, and I would also say, I kind of like the challenge of transforming what we used to do in the classroom to a distance learning model you know how can i how can i change this activity to make it work for something that's completely virtual so the challenge in that whole learning aspect has been kind of neat i think we've been talking a lot about um the aspect of professional development that we've all undertaken and how great it is that it's professional development on your own terms, what you want to do, how you want to do it. And um, I think we've said this before, we've all come away from that. We will all come away from this with a lot more tools in our tool um, box and have grown professionally quite a bit. Absolutely. I'm actually very grateful too that our whole system is already so well organized and set up well digitally. Um, because I feel like it was kind of easy for us to jump on the whole My Runbook system and just go ahead with our classes. I mean, everything was online before, overall in upper school. I know lower school is a little different. Um, so I feel like I could easily add on other things to it, and the students were pretty good with that. So that was a huge relief for me if I compare it to other schools, too. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So that's a um, segue into my last question for you. What do you think that you will take back to the classroom when we're back together? Either some of the um, websites you mentioned or just the kind of um, delivery of your um, program. What will you take back with you? Well, one of the things that, that struck me was that moving from moving from being on campus to distance learning, the students who needed more structure in the first place, this has been a challenging situation for them. And so I think if, if you sort of use the techniques, if you're gonna use techniques for all students, 
it's ones with increased structure and a little more accountability and increasing communication. So like these, uh, these online games like quizzes, uh, go formative, um, they're great because you can get students engaged right then and there in real time and pose a question, do an activity, even present the lesson and see how the students are doing in real time and generate a report. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of neat to have that, that data. So I think I would definitely use that moving forward even more so than before. I mean, I used to present, you know, as you know, a regular lesson on the computer and things like that, but now I use more of a tool called Socrative and it's a more stepwise approach and you get students feedback and you can give them automatic feedback. So I love that approach. And even, even doing um, an, an online chat, when students are really reluctant to speak and you, you, know, you, send a, you ask a question and you hear crickets, <laughs> when you send out, when you push out a question on a computer, they all are anxious to populate the screen with their responses and to compare, you know, compare their, their, their answers. So I think that moving forward will be a powerful tool. Do you think that it's the, that modality is just something that they're used to or they like because of some of the tools they use socially? I think so. Uh, they, they were born in front of a screen. And it's, it's kind of unnatural for them to just be listening to a person. I mean, they learn a lot just by watching YouTube. So it, mm. there are a lot of different ways to approach learning. And I think this has sort of been a sort of like a crash course in building that repertoire, you know, and, and connecting with those generations that they grew up with you know, being digitally liter literate at, at some level, so. How about you, Melissa? For me, um, an app, a website that I really love a lot is Flipgrid. I actually introduced it before distance learning with the students and I used it once in a while, I would say not that often, but now I'm using it at least two or three, in two or three assignments a week, I would say. Um, and I really love it a lot because overall in world languages, I feel like students need to know um, why do we learn this? Why do I learn um, how to express veggies in French or something like that? What I did, for instance, with my eighth grade is you're going to do a video where you open your fridge and you're going to name 10 items in French that you have in your fridge. You know, and I think it's, that's something I would have never thought about before. But why not doing that later? Because, again, it's approach to their life, their environment. Um, they could relate to it because when they will go to a family um, in France or to a restaurant, now they you know, know why I should learn this. Um, so I really love that app a lot. And I also, you can give feedback via a video you doing yourself or just write a little feedback. So I actually also use it to, to replace a regular exercise that would be in the book where they have to answer some questions. Well, they just do it orally. So they also do learn with the pronunciation. You know, I can correct the pronunciation with sending back a video or just a little um, phrase. So I like that a lot. I, um, I like a lot go formative too. Thanks to Neatine. Um, I, I started using this to do like some assessments and the, I think the kids like that. So I would use that um, more in the future too. And I, I agree just the the whole piece, particularly with, with world languages is um, 
things that are more authentic and something like go formative in which you can i'll give you an example you can transform a pdf into a multimedia document so uh i can i can put an authentic video or audio clip on a document and then have the, as a prompt and have the students write a response or record a response it's, it's a very powerful thing you could and it's applicable for it's a tool that could be used in many different areas um, even for math there, there are a lot of different uh, cool features of it that that we haven't even looked at yet and like you said earlier Nitin, I feel like um, things like where they do a little video but they're still in their kind of private um, let's say area to do this so I wouldn't assign it in the classroom right there but like let's say for homework or so students that are more shy they would not do that in class or feel a little bit shy to share um, they, they do it like everybody does it you know and, and it's great to see them and, and what they are capable of, of saying in Spanish or French and I really love to see that and the other thing too that that's really cool about video and audio is by allowing them to re-record, they already are showing that they have a certain standard of quality and that they can improve that quality over time. So it, that aspect of technology is really powerful as well. There's a benefit to every, everyone. So there's a built-in reflection component there where right. they can see the growth. Yes. That's great. This is awesome. And it sounds like you're both going to um, have a, a blended approach when you get back to use more of these technology tools that you might not have as much. I know you guys do a lot of that already. You had. But now even more tools um, like the Loom videos. Melissa, if you've done a lot of those, you've recorded those. And some teachers have mentioned that they would use those in class so kids could be in a little center and then they could um, listen to the Loom videos. Or So it sounds like um, it's going to be a great blending of mm -hmm. the being together socially and having the technology um, to enhance what everyone's doing. So it's awesome. Well, I want to thank you both so much for, um, for doing this, and I'm just – so interested to learn about uh, your experiences with distance learning and teaching. And Dave, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I, it's, I'll echo the thanks. You, you, have, you have discovered how to use some of the tools you already were using in new ways. And are, it sounds clear that you're learning more about your students in the process, which is the, the silver lining to all of, all of this, as difficult as it's been. So thanks for your work and thanks for, for checking in with us. And uh, I think we'll, we'll call that one done. Thanks so, so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys take care. That, that was, you're having a great. I love to hear